Hello there, my name is Joel Soba, and you are listening to Life Springs Podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about how to walk in forgiveness by using your faith. Now every believer has a measure of faith. The moment you got born again, God gave you a measure of his own kind of faith. So every child of God has faith. Every, every faith has its dimension, both as an organ of your spirit and also as a process in the word of God. So as an organ of your spirit, you have faith inside you. Faith is a part of your newborn, new creation spirit in Christ. Just like you have the heart, you have uh, the eyes as part of your body, you have your hands. So, in your spirit, faith is an organ. So, and because you have this faith, there is nothing that you cannot forgive. No matter what anybody has done to you, it is possible for you to forgive them. And not out of pain, or out of resentment of forgiving them and say, hmm, I'll forgive you. But no, 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 no. You forgive them with class. You forgive them as an elite. You forgive them with levels. Not because they have not hurt you, but because you have climbed up into a place where you cannot be reached by the pain of what they've done to you. And for you to be able to forgive on this level, you have to do it by faith. Because faith is that system in the kingdom of God that helps you live in the realm of God without falling down and subjecting yourself to the realities of the human life. So, for example, if in the realm of God there is peace, Regardless of what is happening around you, even though there is war and there is turmoil, faith is what will help you walk in the realms of peace in the middle of a storm. I'll give you an example. Faith is what could make Jesus sleep inside a boat that was trying to capsize on the sea. Faith is what was able to make Jesus speak to the storm and bring the realm, the peace in the realm of God into the realms of men. So faith is how we do transaction and bring things from the realm of God into our life, into our everyday activity. So you can bring forgiveness from the realms of God into your own life and give that forgiveness to people. Not because it is in your own strength. No, you can't. There are things people will do to you, man. You can't forgive them in your own soul. You look for the way inside yourself to forgive them. You're like, no, I can't justify this thing. I don't even know how I'm going to forgive them. But that is where your faith comes in. Because the truth is, even if you don't forgive them, God can forgive them. Now that may sound, so as a, as a human being, in our petty nature, we'll be like, ah, ah, God, how can God forgive this kind of person? But that is it. God will forgive them if they go to him for forgiveness. God is love and love does not keep the record of any wrong. There's nothing God cannot forgive. And why? Because 
he has given his own son to die for the sin of every man. Not just for the sin of the Christian alone. The sin of every man on the surface of the earth. But the terrorist that is ripping somebody apart and cutting somebody said, if that terrorist tomorrow come to the knowledge of the truth and kneels down before God and says, God, I'm not worthy of life. I'm supposed to die based on the atrocities I've committed. But honestly, if I knew better, I would have done better. Please forgive me. Please let the blood of your son wash me clean. Be very sure. Believe me. He may go to jail by human standards. He may be prosecuted for his crimes among human beings. But as far as God is concerned, he will be forgiven. And you will see that when Jesus was on the cross, two thieves were beside him. And one of them was able to talk to him in the right way. And Jesus said, today you will meet me in paradise. So that means as far as God is concerned, nothing is unforgivable. There is nothing that you can't forgive as far as God is concerned. I will even stretch it as far as that. As far as God is concerned, with the level of love and the grace and the mercy in the heart of God, God can forgive adultery. So if a woman was, 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 was not, well, you know, was, or a man, it could be any of the genders, treated their spouse in, in a way that was not trustworthy and they slept with somebody else and they misbehaved and they are sorry and genuinely sorry for it. They were caught in a moment of, now, understand me, this is not to endorse or give props to anybody who I felt who, 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 who is intending to do that. Never. So as you are hearing this, this is not for you. We are saying for the person who has already done it. If you are not, if you have not done it before now, then don't don't venture in it because certainly there's consequence for it. But we are saying somebody who in their moment of weakness, due to their foolishness and their their irresponsibility, found themselves in that kind of place. If they go to God. God will forgive them. And if God has the capacity to forgive, then you are able to do the same thing. Because he has created us in such a way that anything he can do, we can do. But how can you do the things that God can do? It is by faith. It is by faith. Faith is what helps you access the abilities of God. Faith is what helps you. Faith is like a conduit. It's like a pipe. It's like a channel that helps you draw life from God into yourself and do the things that God will do if he was in your position. So if God was faced with a situation of the wife cheating on him, God can forgive. So by faith, you can draw that same strength from God and forgive your wife as if she never did it. It's very possible. Is very, very possible. So today, I'm going to share on how, by faith, you can walk in forgiveness. You can forgive anyone, anything. And what happens when you begin to walk in this level of power is that you become like God on the earth, where nothing can work against you. People who walk in the power of faith and forgiveness, which is power of faith and love, are God's in the realms of men. It is not just, you know, 
Holy Ghost fire and you know, you know, and speaking in tongues that really give us power. No, real power is attached to love. For example, you I would like you to just think about this. One of the reasons why God is the most powerful person, the kind of power God handles, no other being, whether devil or man, can handle it. The devil cannot handle the level of power God handles, not because of any other thing, but because to handle the kind of power God handles, you have to be loved. It is only a person that is personified as love that can handle or have that level of power because it is only love that will make you not get angry and wipe out the whole earth. Because, for example, if a human being had the level of power God had, if he had a bad day one day, he can wipe up the whole of Asia one morning. Just look at these Asians. Look at what they are doing. Please, please, burn them all. But God has been bearing with the earth since time immemorial. And why has he been executed of patience and that level of restraint? It is because he is love. Love is the only person that can handle the power that can destroy heaven and earth together and yet not act even when it is provoked. So when you begin to walk in the power of faith, forgiveness and love, you begin to walk in the realms of God's power on the earth. You begin to become somebody that nothing can harm you. You begin to walk in a place that nothing is impossible unto you. You begin to live like God on the surface of the earth. Your nature turns to that of God. It turns to that of love. So, I read a story from Luke chapter 17, a conversation Jesus had with his disciples. And Jesus said, then he said unto his disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses that is hurts will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. So that means whoever hurts you, they have their own portion already. So it's not so whether you forgive them or you don't forgive them, there is a consequence for their action. So then don't bother yourself to be the one trying to invoke a consequence. Anybody who does something wrong, there's a consequence for their action. God sees to that. And he also sees to it that if they ask for mercy, they will get mercy. So you, you don't have to bother yourself that they have to get the consequence of their action. Because independent of you, there's a consequence for their action. Whether you swear for them or you don't swear for them, there's a consequence for their action. So the Bible says, Jesus was speaking and said, it is impossible that is, whether we like it or not, we are going to get offended in this world. He said, but... Whoa, problems, heartaches, destruction. Now, somebody say, yes, there's, there are people who are doing evil in this world, but evil, but nothing is happening to them. They are go- now, their day is coming. And that is it. With God, the system of judgment of God is different from that of man. And yes, it may take God 50 years for him to do something. But when he does it, he does it permanently. And that's why you as God's child, you must resign yourself to the standards of God. You must begin to see things, see life in the way God sees them so that you don't get frustrated when things are not going the way you expect them to go as a human being. You must take the perspective and the vantage point of God so that it reduces the level of, level of frustration and the level of stress you go through. So, verse 2, Luke 17, it said, It is better for that person who commits offenses to have a grinding stone 
hang about his neck and that person is thrown into the sea, that then he should offend one of the people that God has blessed. So for anybody that offends you, they have their consequences. Then we go on. Now, Jesus said, be careful to yourself. Now, Jesus is now saying that we have talked about the consequence of the offender, but let us talk to you who is offended. So are you offended about something? Jesus has not given you an address. He wants to tell you that. See, the person who offended you will get their own. But let me talk to you. Because don't get your eyes focused on, on the vengeance and the, and the nemesis you are hoping to before the person that offended you. I need to address you, Gongo. You, the person who is offended. I need to talk to you. He said, take it. Be careful to yourself. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. So now, Jesus is telling you that this is how you deal with people who offend you. When somebody offends you, especially your brother, a Christian brother or anybody, he says, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. So somebody did something wrong against you. God gives you the permission to let them know. So don't just bottle them up and say, no, I don't want to discuss it with them. And then on the inside of you, you are keeping grudge and malice. There's no point. It's fine. God did not create us as human beings to just resolve issues on the inside of us without having conversation. Now, a lot of people try, but what happens is that after a while, you are going to blow up. So it is better you endeavor, especially when the people are people you interact with, you have a conversation because those people are going to do it again. They're going to repeat that same mass again. So it's better you call them and say, see, listen, this thing you do in this kind of way. Now, it's not just because I am just being sensitive. No, it's that it gets to me in this kind of way. And I hope that you stop doing that again. It's just a direct conversation. Now, Jesus said that if you have that conversation with them and they say, oh, I'm very sorry. I didn't intend to do that. He said, then forgive them. But then somebody will say, so if they don't repent, what should I do? Then we continue. He said, then Jesus continued, he said, and if after you've rebuked them, and if they trespass against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day they turn again to you saying, I'm sorry. Jesus said you should forgive them. So you, somebody did something to you in the morning, and you said to them, what you did, I'm not comfortable with it. It, it gets to me in the wrong way. They say, oh, I'm sorry. Then before two hours is over, they did it. They kept quiet. And they say, oh, I'm very sorry. Then before four hours is completed, they've done it again. Before the end of the day, they've done it seven times. And every of those things, say, oh, I'm very sorry. Now, certainly as a person, you're like, ah, don't you learn? Don't you think, like, can't you just exercise caution? But certainly what Jesus is trying to explain here is that you need to increase your capacity to forgive people. That it's possible that somebody can offend you seven times in a row. And for every of those seven times, be willing to forgive them. Now, as a human being, just like the disciples that they, you will think in a particular way, the Bible says, And the apostles that the disciples said unto him, unto the Lord, increase our faith. So, the disciples found out that, man, for me to forgive somebody seven times in a row that is offending me, I'm sorry, I don't really think I can do that. But if you are saying this is what you require of us, then Jesus increase our faith. And that is where we come to you today. That the disciples that they realized 
that to really be able to forgive on the level that God requires, it will take faith. I can't do it in my own strength. I have to be able to channel the strength of God to be able to forgive. And Jesus gave a classic response, which is something you want to hold on to. It says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. So they were telling Jesus to increase their faith. But Jesus is saying, it is not about the increase in your faith. If your faith is as small as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, you can say to this mulberry tree. Now, a mulberry tree is a tree that bears fruit that is unedible. So it is just occupying a space. The seed, the fruit of that tree is, is poisonous for consumption. So that tree is just, is just standing there and the fruit is poisonous. So Jesus is saying, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you will say unto this black mulberry tree, be thou plucked up from the roots, be removed from the roots, and be planted into the ocean, and they shall obey you. He says, so Jesus is saying that by faith, even though your faith is small as a mustard seed, you can speak to this mulberry tree. Now, what does this mulberry tree signify? It signifies unforgiveness and bitterness in the heart of a person. Because unforgiveness and bitterness is useless to you as a person. And the fruit that it gives is poisonous to you. When you have unforgiveness in your heart and it begins to take root inside you, the fruit it begins to bear, bitterness, anger, rancor, malice, all those fruits are poisonous. High blood pressure begins to increase. You begin to have other ailments in your body. You begin to increase in the level of stress. You become a cranky person, a sensitive person, a, a judgmental person. Those are the fruits of unforgiveness. So Jesus is now saying, for you to deal with unforgiveness in your heart, you need your faith. It doesn't have to increase. If your faith is as small as a grain of a mustard seed, you can deal with unforgiveness from the root. You can speak to unforgiveness and say, unforgiveness. Be uprooted out of my heart and be cast out into the sea. The Bible says, and it shall obey you. So this is where your faith comes in. So when somebody offends you and does something that robs you of wrongly, even though in your feeling that unforgiveness is taking root, by faith, you can speak to unforgiveness and allow it to get out of your system. So you can begin to say that, I forgive so, 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 and so. By faith in the word of God. Because God has shed abroad his love in my heart. Now faith comes by the word of God. So you go into the word of God. So for example, let's take a typical forgiveness scripture. In Romans chapter 5, it says that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. That's a scripture that can help you activate the faith for forgiveness. Another place is in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. It says, it said, let from verse 31 it said let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice he said and be ye kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another and this is the reason the reason why you should forgive somebody else is not just because you want your peace that is a reason but that is not the real reason because when you forgive somebody just because you want your peace, 
it is still a selfish reason and it is not sustainable. Because after a while, you will always be resentful. If you say, I forgive you because I want my feet. After, it is not a sustainable reason to forgive. But now, the word of God gives us a sustainable reason to forgive, to walk in forgiveness. And when the word of God shows up, faith springs up in your heart. And when faith springs up, you can speak to unforgiveness like a mulberry tree, regardless of how little your faith is. And why Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard, is because your faith, when you are thinking of the hurts that is done to you, will be so little because the feeling of the hurt will be so overwhelming that you will be so grieved that, ah, I don't even know whether I can really forgive this person. I don't know whether I can obey the word of God to forgive them. But Jesus is saying, that little understanding you have that God requires forgiveness of you is enough. What you just need is to start speaking. But now look at here. He said, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Why should you forgive somebody else? Even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. The reason why you should forgive other people is not just because you need your peace. That is a reason, but that's not the ultimate reason. The reason why you should forgive other people is that God forgave you. The Bible says that Jesus was crucified through the wicked hands of men. But it is in the intent of God that Jesus will die on the cross. He was wounded for your own sins. It was wounded for your transgressions. It was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement that brought you peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, you were forgiven. You were healed. That healing is not just healing from sickness. It is also healing from the work of sin upon your soul. So now, somebody may say, I'm supposed to forgive because Christ forgave me. But this thing this person did to me, I have never done it to somebody else. And I don't think I will ever do it to somebody else. But that is the matter. As far as God is concerned, Jesus Christ did not forgive you for your own sins. He forgave you for the sin that you inherited from Adam. The sin that was upon all men, that brought death upon all men. So, whether, so everybody sinning in the world today, it is not what they are doing in the world today that is taking them to hell. No! What is taking them to hell is the sin of Adam in the first place. That is the original sin. That Christ came to die for. So regardless of how you've been moral and what you have done to people or what you have not done to people, it doesn't matter before God, quote and unquote. What matters before God, what God forgave originally is the sin of disobedience of, of Adam that made every human being fall short of the grace of God, fall short of the glory of God. So now God put his son to death to forgive you of that sin. So that you can become a son and you will not go to hell. You will not suffer his wrath. You will not be damned forever. And a son was put to death. It was bruised. It was cut with spears. Thorns were placed upon his head. He cried for his father at the point of death. His father turned his back on him. It was in a place of anguish. The Bible says that his soul was made an offering for sin. In Isaiah 53. Then in another place in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, the Bible says, God turned a sinless man, that is Jesus, he turned him into sin. Now, the gravity of what God did in Christ Jesus to forgive you and make you a new creation is worth your reason to forgive any man. 
So whenever anybody does anything wrong to you, they hurt you so deeply, you trusted them, you gave them your heart, you gave them your money, you gave them your body, you became their wife, you became their... And they hurt you so deeply. You're in a relationship with somebody and yes, you misbehave, but it's all because of trusting and they, they, they took your heart and tore it apart and you are so grieved. And you feel that I'm going to just strip myself naked and curse this person. But you're thinking, eh, why should I? Now, and you're a child of God. Now, this is what the word of God is saying. That Christ forgave you. If it was based on your own action or the action of Adam that is upon on every man, you are supposed to go to hell. But God killed his own son. And it doesn't matter the magnitude of, of what you do or what you don't do. Sin is sin before God. But the person that killed and a terrorist that killed somebody and ripped a, a pregnant woman apart and a child or a young boy somewhere in Seattle that didn't do anything but he just grew up without accepting Jesus and he really lived a moral life. Both of them are going to end up in hell just because they didn't accept Jesus. Now, that's the standard of God. And now you have accepted that Jesus and you've escaped that death, not just because of your morality, but because you accepted the sacrifice of Jesus. And God took you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That is your reason to forgive anybody. But it will not be easy. So that is why you have to operationalize it by faith. So forgiveness has to be executed by faith. So what do you do when you have to forgive somebody by faith? You look into the word of God like this, Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, or like Romans 5, verse 5, or like mm, 1 Corinthians 13, where it says that love keep no record of wrong. And you look at those scriptures, and you begin to speak those scriptures to yourself that I forgive because Christ has forgiven me. Oh, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Yes, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and my heart is full of love. I am full of love, and I do not keep record of wrong. And while you are saying it, you are remembering the hurts. Tears are coming to your eyes, but you must stay with it. As you are crying, your, your soul is being purged. As you are weeping, just because you want to walk by faith and forgive by faith, that tears is not just an ordinary tear. It is purging you. So the Bible says that godly sorrow is good for you. So as you are sorrowing, just because you want to endure and obey the word of God, and tears are coming down your eyes, and you are saying, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I speak to this unforgiveness that wants to take root in my soul. Be thou removed and be thou plucked into the sea. And be, yes, and be cast into the sea. I speak, yes, whether the person name, the name of the person is Kukuta or Yan Yan Yan. <laughs> so you begin to say, Yan Yan Yan, I forgive you by the power in the blood of Jesus. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. And I forgive you because Christ forgave me. Christ died on the cross of Calvary. And he was wounded for my own personal transgression. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was laid upon him. And for the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me, I choose to forgive you. Therefore, I speak to unforgiveness in my heart. I speak to unforgiveness in my heart emotion i speak to the malice and the rancor and the anger and the, and the pain inside me that be thou uprooted and be cast into the sea i speak to all forgiveness that and i say i forgive you by the power in the word of god i forgive you by the power in the blood of jesus and you begin to speak that 
and you stay with it day in, day out, what happens? That root of bitterness begins to get uprooted out of your heart and is cast into the sea. And you give yourself one or two weeks. You come to a place of peace and you stay in that kind of place over three months. You will not even remember. Your heart will have been so light and free that you will not even remember that that kind of person hurts you. But the real deeper part is that when you obey God's word that way, God gives you a reward. So because you have chosen to forgive for Christ's sake, you have respected God above your emotions, above your pain. You have put his word first. Then God said, for this thing you have done, in blessing will I bless you. What God now does, he brings into your life a level of compensation that your pain and unforgiveness couldn't have brought to you. That if you have cursed that person and not forgiven them, that kind of blessing wouldn't have come into your life because the bitterness you are feeding from will have poisoned your system and you will not be unable to attract any form of good. So, for you to be able to walk in forgiveness, you have to operationalize it by faith. And how do you operationalize that faith? It's by speaking. You speak to unforgiveness in your heart. And you speak love out of your mouth over the person that has offended you. And you say out of your mouth that I forgive you, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because the blood of Jesus is shed abroad in my heart. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I forgive you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'll wrap up this. My word Jesus now say. So that you begin to come to a place where you know that. When it has to do with forgiveness. You should not have a choice as a child of God. Jesus now went for that. He said. But which of you having a servant. Plowing. Or feeding a cattle. Will say unto him by and by. When he's come from the field, go and sit down to meet, and will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sow, and guard thyself and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drunken. Doth he thank the servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. Then Jesus said, So likewise, ye, when ye shall have done those things which are commanded you, and what is that? That you should forgive. You are commanded to forgive. It is not an option for you as a child of God. But yet, because if you obey that command, you'll be rewarded. He said, when you have done the thing that is commanded of you, he said, say, you say to yourself, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty. So your sense. So Jesus is now saying that how you approach the issue of forgiveness is tell yourself, Make it a cardinal law to yourself that I don't have a choice. I must forgive. It is not, I don't care what anybody did to me. They duped me out of business. I, we co-founded the business together. They, they, they did the paperwork and took away the business from me. I have no choice but to forgive. I am an unprofitable servant. You think of yourself that way that, see, whether I gain something from it or I don't gain something from it, it is a protocol for me to forgive. And when you develop that system of thinking that I have no choice, I can't keep a grudge, I don't care whatever anybody does to me, I am commanded to forgive. And the weight behind that reason is that Christ died. So it is not just a, a sheepish to know. The death of Jesus is heavy enough. To be a reason for you to forgive. 
And when you think about that, you say, see, I am a non-profitable servant. I have no choice. I have to forgive. And when you do that and you obey that command, God sees to it that he brings a reward into your life to compensate your loss. So this is how to operationalize forgiveness by walking in faith. You operationalize it by speaking to the root of bitterness on the inside of you. You speak the words of God that has to do with forgiveness. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, Romans 5, 5 and other scriptures in the word of God. And you speak, you speak. The Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you will speak to this mulberry tree, this tree that has poisonous fruit of malice, bitterness. You will speak to it and say, be uprooted out of my system and be cast into the sea. I hope this has been able to help you to understand how to operationalize forgiveness by faith. It is by using your word and by speaking to command the bitter fruit of unforgiveness to be uprooted out of your life and be cast into the sea. When you walk this way, you walk in a level of love that only God can afford and you become a God on the earth where nothing anybody does. When you walk like this consistently after a while, you become immune to offenses and you become a perpetually blessed person that nothing can harm you. No, but you not enter into a place that nobody can successfully harm you. And that's where you begin to walk in power. Because at that level, you are walking in love. Your faith, the Bible says that faith works by love. So for you to be able to walk in this level of faith, you think about the love of God that was shed abroad in your heart, that was shed on the cross of Calvary when Jesus died for you. And that inspires your faith to speak to unforgiveness in your heart. And tell it to be removed. So whether you were raped by somebody or you are, no, you see, you can report the person, you can take them to court. That doesn't take away that root of unforgiveness inside you. you probably you were raped by somebody, even though you put the person in jail and the person is, it doesn't change the harm they have done to you. So by the time probably you marry a new husband or you, so that hurts is there. When 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 you want to you know you want to be intimate with somebody else who is legitimate. You start reacting in particular ways that are hurting you. You see them in a particular way. You begin to project things to them that are not there. But if you will learn to operationalize forgiveness by faith, then the love of God will expunge, remove that bitterness, that hurt, that malice, that poison out of your being and make you a clean person. I hope this has blessed you. And I trust you'll be able to walk in the power of forgiveness by faith. Thank you. You can share with friends and God bless you. So next time, I am Joel.